Rigel 7. We were there five years ago as a routine exploration of a remote M-class planet. We were ambushed. We lost three people. Coming up, an away mission forces Captain Pike to face a major failure from his past. What happened? Where are we? The away team begins losing their memories. There's no going back for me. Zach, please listen to reason. It feels right to watch you suffer like I did. While a Starfleet officer long left for dead seeks retribution. All this and more coming up on the Strange New Worlds edition of Energize. 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 We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. In this week's episode, Captain Pike must come to terms with a deadly mistake from his past. Here's a warp speed recap of Season 2, Episode 3 of Strange New Worlds, Among the Lotus Eaters. Bridge to Captain Pike. We received a sensitive communication from command. It's about Rigel 7. We were there five years ago as a routine exploration of a remote M-class planet. The entire mission was only four hours. We were ambushed. We lost three people. They're using our Delta. We must have left something behind. The initial landing party will be a small strike team to assess how bad the cultural contamination is. This is an undercover recon operation. Any level of cultural contamination needs to be surveyed and corrected if possible. Vaughn. You all right? For a moment, I heard this, this ringing in my ears. Captain, you've got company. We know you come from Starfleet. I saw that little streak in the sky. I knew it had to be a shuttle. Zack? You're alive. It feels right to watch you suffer like All right, Steve. Among the Lotus Eaters, a weird name for what I would call a weird episode. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I, I know you and I are going to get into it on this one. I did like this one. And we'll get into it as to why, but I'm more curious as to why you didn't. And so I'll be listening for that as we go through this. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I will critique it on the merits of the story, but then I will also say why I didn't like it. So I can I can live in two places. Captain's personal log, Stardate 1630.1. Enterprise is currently assisting the USS Cayuga in a joint mission. Captain Battelle and I are taking advantage, stealing a little personal time. So we uh, open up on the Enterprise and the USS Cayuga, which happens to be captained by one Pike's girlfriend, Captain Battelle. They were on this convenient joint mission, which brings them, of course, to Pike's quarters where they're going to just sit down and try to have some dinner together. Yeah, and I, I thought that was uh, the one thing that was really real. Uh, or the one thing that continues to be real is Pike's relationship with another captain. And what what would generally happen if you have captains of Starfleet vessels that are in a relationship? It 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 it's actually something that's really hard to do if you're if you're not on one on the same serving on the same ship. 
I, I would see that as very problematic. And they that played out in this the first part of this episode. I think the reason that the relationship also works is because they are both captains. And so they both get it, right? If if one was a captain and one was something else, but still serving in Starfleet, there wouldn't be a mutual understanding of what the position actually required. And I think that's why Battelle always stays toe-to-toe with Pike. She gets it. Yes, I, I, I take it as a double-edged sword. Yeah, I agree. So she, she, they're talking and, you know, they're, they're getting interrupted constantly by messages, which is crazy. But along the way there, um, they, they're talking about their relationship and, and how space has kept them apart. And she gives him this gift that symbolizes mood changes, which I found interesting. It's rude to arrive empty-handed. What do you Found it on Galt. An Opelian Mariner's Keystone. Agent Opelian captains wore them to guide lost sailors home. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It was more than just the gift itself. I think it had more to do with this, the, it symbolizing where they are in their relationship. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes uh, gifts are given at the ends of relationships to remember someone by. Like someone will give a lock of hair or something. So this one, I, I wasn't sure why she was giving it to him. Of course, it played you know, into the story itself. But it did seem a little confusing, like, what's this all about? But it seemed also very sweet. Yeah, but it, it, it also symbolized, I think, a different level of their relationship. It, I, I saw it as giving somebody like a promise ring or something like that that takes the relationship to the next level, which sometimes can be counterproductive. Well, let's let's <laughs> if look one at one person is not yeah. in the same place. And the thing is, I think Pike really loves this woman, but he knows that in now what, 8 years, 9 years, he's going to be massively disfigured. I think that causes him to step back and really take on more of a Picard type of captain role where he's just like a guy that, you know, captains but doesn't really settle down, right? Oh, I would think so. I, I mean, there, there are two paths that I think that people would go. I mean, you have one that's like, you know, you know what, I'm just going to pull back. I'm not going to get too deep with anyone because eight years from now, which in all reality is a lifetime. It's not like we're talking about five months from now, right. a year from now, two years from now. And then the other way would be how some people would just be like, you know what, I'm just going to live every moment as if it's the last day yeah. and just take full advantage of the time that you have left. And he seems to be doing the prior. I think the biggest hole in this whole thing, and I hate to say this because I love this show so much, and I think the showrunners have gotten Star Trek back to where it needs to be, is if he knows this is going to happen, why not just wear a fire suit on the day it happens? But, you know, that's that we can't, we can't, we can't go there. But... Um, so, yeah, we kind of address that in uh, yeah. the season finale about trying to unravel it. Well, try to stop it, but not just maybe go through it, but, you know, maybe put on a protective, you know, headgear. I don't know. But um, they're discussing Battelle being passed over for Commodore. And, you know, the assumption is it's because of what the part she played in Una's trial, which I find interesting, too, because it just weaves into Pike's relationship yet again. There they were going toe to toe again with Una. And I, I love how they're making it so hard for these two to just love each other. I'm worried. This is difficult. Difficult is not the same as impossible. Three minutes here, ten minutes there. Who are we getting? I mean, if it's just a moment together, I'll take what I can get. And I think uh, Pike took advantage of it. 
I, you know, he kind of used this as an out, and it really upset Patel. Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it would, and I. I think you're right. I think that this whole thing, this whole uh, opening scene, is showing that Pike is, for whatever reason, cutting off this relationship because it's going to hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think he's hurting himself ultimately. I mean, I think it's all about the time you have left. If you knew, you know, that he he has something that's better than, you know, not a hundred percent of the population. You know. Where all roads lead. At least right. you know that you get eight full years. We don't know. We don't know anything from day to day. Right. And, and, he, and he lives after. The, and he lives after that. He's just a you know, he's just a barbecued vegetable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I would just, I would just live it up. Yeah. Take you live every day, live in the moment, and just do. Bridge to Captain Pike. We received a sensitive communication from command. It's about Rigel Seven. <laughs> So after Mattel leaves, uh, Una alerts Pike to an urgent message regarding Rigel 7. And you can see Pike's mood noticeably change. It's interesting because he he was there before. You know, they do this swing by every so often to check out on the planet because it's a it's a um, a planet where they're not supposed to reveal who they are. Right. They're still in some pre whatever age. And the last time they went there, it was just a disaster. And three of their officers were ambushed and killed. And they actually kind of talk about them. They show their faces and who they were. And it, it makes it very real. Like, he still hangs on to that. Yeah, but I, I think one great thing about it is is that sometimes on shows, you can see the leaders of, of teams, they're flawless. They never make mistakes. But here, you know, Pike... Doesn't have a spotless no. record. No, and 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 we're starting to see that with a lot of characters, um, and a lot of captains. We saw it with Robert April uh, in the Una episode. You know, people are people, and I think that's part of a Gene Roddenberry vision too: is that these people are not perfect. Um, but it's interesting to see Spike. I mean, you know, the only thing really perfect about Pike apparently is his hair. That's just the only thing that cannot be. Shaken. <laughs> yes. Well, he has the, the, the most perfect, perfect hair. Pompadour oh hair, whatever you call what it. That is. <laughs> pompadour, yeah, pompadour, pompadour sure. hair, yes. Yeah, that's he's, the word, pompadour. He's gray Elvis yeah. is what he is. So, as it turns out, Rigel 7's atmosphere prohibits long-range scanning. So, like you said before, uh, every couple of years, this planet is scheduled for observation. So, they do this flyby, and this time on a flyby, it's revealed oh my God, on a so scan... Crazy. In a close-up scan, that there's a structure and there's a Starfleet symbol outside of the the structure, which is crazy because you know what that reminded me of, and I'm I'm always being triggered uh, about other Star Trek shows, is Star Trek Into Darkness. In the beginning, they're escaping that volcano, and when they save the people, I believe the planet was called Nairibi. New New Ribby, um, or near Ribby, uh, they save all those people, and as the uh, Enterprise comes out of the water, they see it and they draw it as their new god, and they start to pray to it. And I thought, oh well, that's what's going on here. Someone has seen a symbol, and they're oh, yeah. now making that their symbol of God or whatever that's going to be. Yeah, and 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 basically they've shaped the development of a um of a species yeah you know and a pre-warp species and and so that's why the prime directive is so yeah. important um in the yeah. star trek universe so um that means they blew it so basically seeing that symbol means that 
their influence, something they left behind has, you know, left some tech or whatever yeah. the case is, the people there have it. The initial landing party will be a small strike team to assess how bad the cultural contamination is. Last time we went down there, we were in uniform. I'm not making that mistake twice. This is an undercover recon operation. So, okay, there's going to be an away wish mission. And <clears throat> once again, Dr. Mbenga is brought into the to the fold here. And <clears throat> I think he brings him in because there may be a medical issue. I, I don't remember why they discussed it, but um, I get La'an and I, and I get Pike, I guess, right? But the doctor's really getting some playtime. Yeah, well, basically, though, Pike said that he brought him, he needed two people with combat mm-hmm. experience. Now, remember, in the previous episode, oh, we saw Mbinga yeah. kicking, yeah. kicking ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like... In, in two episodes prior. Right, and this, this is, again, I think I mentioned this last week, this is what leads me to think that, you know, this is why McCoy shows up eventually, because Mbinga probably gets killed at some point. He's such a badass that, uh, yeah. Yep, and, and he's a holdover from the first Klingon War, because yeah, I know we that, we, that yeah. we, we yeah. discussed that. So we saw him fighting with Nurse Chaplin in episode one. We saw him sparring with Laon. So he clearly has some skills, and um, I actually like it. I mean, it may, like uh, like I've stated before in a previous episode of Energize, I like the fact that he's just not one-dimensional. He's not right. just a doctor. There's a little more uh, beneath the and, surface. So I think, I think this is a good idea. And he's not the typical angry doctor like House or Becker or even, and I'm talking about this, the CBS shows, or even, um, God, what is it about CBS? They all they all have angry doctors. Uh, even McCoy was kind of bitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before they go, uh, Una has a conversation with Pike. I like this relationship between the two of them. I noticed the Cayuga left in a bit of a rush. We decided to take some time apart. Oh, you did that thing you do. What then? And she's an excellent counselor. I mean, I mean it's clear that their they their relationship really goes deep as you know best friends, uh, like like a best yeah. friend relationship. Um, and I think I think that's just going to grow. I think this series will get at least five years. It's already been renewed for season three automatically, um, and I think we're going to see those two become. Not lovers, friends, like true, 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 true friends. She's the real number one, you know? Rachel Seven. I still think about it. What could I have done differently? It wasn't your fault, Chris. I led the mission. Whatever we find down there, it's on me. So Pike is still bothered by what happened last time. You know, clearly command wants Enterprise, Pike, to clean up the mess they made four years earlier. So, you know, Pike, Doc, and Lon go down in a shuttle. Which makes sense, too, because, you know, they can't, there's no beaming down to this, and, and they can only bring rudimentary tools, and they just got to make it as basic as possible. And they land, and they've got to hike, like, what is it, four clicks, four kilometers or something? they got to walk all this way. I'm like, wow, that's a really long walk. Yeah. And as they're doing this, Lon has ringing in her ears. She's affected. She's lightheaded and momentarily confused. Lon, you all right? Not gonna lie, for a moment I heard this, this ringing in my ears. And six hours have already transpired. Yeah, well, here's what's happened. They've been walking for six hours. We do a quick jump cut, but she's like, let's get going. And like, we've been walking for hours and she's just like, wait, what? Like, she's also lost a bit of her memory 
Um, and you know that's going to play into it. And I'm starting to think, well, is this is this part of the the environment? Is this the is this what's happening with the you know the the sensors can't penetrate the cloud atmosphere or whatever's going on? Or is this some kind of uh, tech that has been been utilized against them? Yeah. So yeah, at this point, I have yeah. no clue. So I'm just kind of hanging in on this one, Captain. We've got this. Let's try diplomacy first. So they get up to the edge there and they look down. And Benga, who's been kind of taking a flank, I guess, runs up and they're like, they're coming to get us. And the next thing you know, there's some of these officers or guards or whatever they are right there. Yep. And they have Starfleet weapons and they know exactly who they are. Yeah. They're like, you're Starfleet. Come with us. It's like, wait, what? Weird. That threw me. I was like, wait, what is going on? But of course, they had that Starfleet symbol, so they know something. Yep. And that's further confirmation that the Prime Directive has been breached and uh, yeah. Rigel 7 has been impacted in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, what well, we don't know now, but I'm starting to suspect that this is due to Pike's mission. Something that happened when those... Did they recover those bodies? I, I don't know. But something happened where when that mission went wrong, that's when the Prime Directive really was... Just, just uh, disturbed, and they were sent off into a different direction. Right, somehow. right. Rigel but here's seven. the thing, though. I am starting to wonder if somebody got left behind um, instead of you know them being dead. Because how yeah. would an you know an indigenous species? I mean, there's a castle there. I mean, you drop weapons like yeah. phasers <laughs> and things like that on medieval times, yeah. and uh, yeah. I mean, those people are not going to know how to utilize them because I know that you just don't no, automatically pick them up and they shoot. <laughs> well, I you're right. I agree, and and I I wasn't going that deep about thinking like, oh, was someone left behind? Because you know, when, sometimes I just believe what I'm told on Star Trek. If they say all three died, I'm like, okay, they all three died. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, it's one thing if if Starfleet had left bow and arrows, I'm pretty sure they end up figuring it out. But then there's another thing to have mm-hmm. like super high tech 23rd century weapons. They probably, mm, yeah. um, you know, have to have a fingerprint to even shoot. How would you know how to right. utilize them right. unless somebody from Starfleet told you how to do it? So I'm already primed now that that there's somebody pulling the strings that uh, was, you know, one Starfleet. I saw that little streak in the sky. I knew it had to be a show. Zach, you're alive. The group is led into the palace and they're greeted by... A, a person that Pike immediately recognizes. And it's one of the crew that was killed on the last mission. You were right. He, they didn't all die. And, and he, he, he looks a little silly. He's kind of brought out like the king. He's a high lord. Yeah, and he he, gre- he is now called uh, Lord Sicarius. And <laughs> this is where and his I name depart. was Zach. <laughs> okay, so tell me about that. What is this where they lost you? Why, yeah, this why? is where they lost me. Eh. It kind of harkens me back to that one episode with Mbinga and his daughter and the king, you know. I mean, like I said, that was an episode that by the end I was into it, but, you know, and I understood why they did it. And you have to do some departure episodes, but I just, uh, you know, it's medieval times themed stuff, you know. I just wasn't, I just wasn't, I think they could have played that a little bit better. Well, okay, so I don't disagree. However, I was on for the ride because... While I found the the actor or his character to be silly, um, and and the fact that he was Lord Zacharias, uh, 
this this person suddenly is treated as a lord. I'm I'm wondering why. Is it because of the weaponry? Is it because he has these future abilities? What happened? How did he not die? And and why is he not like, oh, thank God you're here, right? So that's what threw me, right? I mean, it didn't seem right. like he was well, lord of I, a lot. I immediately was like, this dude has lost it. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was lord of a lot of things. He was just kind of lord of the, his lord of the castle. I am the locals with Starfleet tech and made myself king. There's no going back for me. Zach, please listen to reason. It feels right to watch you suffer like I did. How much trouble are they in now? Because, like, this is a big deal. They've left someone behind who's polluted a whole culture. Um, this Zacharias or Zach is the problem. And how, you know, mentally stable is he? No, he doesn't seem very doesn't stable. Because if you go to medieval tam- times route and you call yourself a lord, well, then, you know, yeah. I unless he just he, he did that because that's how he sees control. And that's where they were in their time frame of wherever uh, the, wherever the, this planet was in their development. Maybe. But, um, you know, I, I, I can I can see that, this, that Zach is bitter about being left behind. And I just think that poses a huge threat for Pike and company because you, you can imagine if you thought that everybody left you behind, how you might feel. Without a doubt, I would feel that way. Here's, here's where I have trouble with the logic of it. If he is a trained Starfleet officer, number one, uh, I'm not convinced that he would make himself Lord Zacharias. I think that he would... Uh, ingratiate himself with the people, but be just a humble servant and help them and, and, and be less conspicuous. And two, you know, when William Riker was left behind, when there was that transporter accident and he got split into two people and he became Thomas Riker, he wasn't bitter. Yeah, yeah, but it but all it all depends on the the situation. I mean, this is in, clearly an inhospitable planet because of this meteor field and its impact in people's brains. And there there's a loss of time. They're forgetting. It's just ringing in their ears. So maybe he's he's been altered in some shape or yeah, form. Yeah, I think that's possible. And and you know, I, I I'm starting to realize. Okay, this this meteor this whatever is it's doing to the planet and to the atmosphere obviously has an effect on people that explains the headaches and the, and the lost time and and all of that um but it's clear that zach wants revenge and and who better than the yep. guy who left him there all of a sudden he just shows up again how how ironic is that yep and so he wants pike to suffer like he did and he told him just you know by tomorrow you will remember nothing what happened where are we? This is a cage. We were captured. Yeah, Zach has caged Pike, Lon, and Doc outside in some cages outside of the castle. I, I have a feeling you didn't like this either. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, for the ride at, at, at this point, I mean, I, like I said, I just didn't like the whole castle lord zach thing but you know once i put that aside <laughs> once i put that aside i don't think you put it aside I, I think you're still bitter about it i think you need to <laughs> you come know, clean maybe a little but i put it aside <laughs> yeah. and you know i you know i can like i said i can discuss this on the merits of, of the writing for that particular episode synaptic degradation is apparent across all neural pathways and this is affecting our memory only explicit memory is lost information and, and facts implicit memory uh Procedures we learn and can recall by instinct or emotion. Those all remain intact. Meantime, on the Enterprise, 
some of the same same things are starting to happen. Like people are having dementia, and they're going to sick bay and you know um, chapels there all by herself, trying to just kind of handle it. So I think the bigger thing, uh, theme of this show. Um, is, you know, what are you without your memory? So if everyone's losing their memories, um, you know, who are you? And I think, you know, we deal with that in this day and age when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia. And, you know, I've experienced that in my family and, you know, and I know other people who are going through it. Me too. I lost my mom to Alzheimer's and I, every day when I forget something, I think, oh, is it starting? Am I getting it? And it freaks me out. Um, so, oh yeah, same here. Cause my grandmother, my grandmother had it and some of her sisters yeah. did. And so it's just one of those, one of those things. And my best friend's going through it right now, you know, talking to him yeah. about it and what, you know, steps to take because we've gone down this yeah. road. And so, you know, I think maybe, you know, that's the theme of this. Who are you without your memories? Wait, wait, it's all right. They've, they've had a rough forgetting. I can help you recenter. Hurry. Uh, Lon, Doc, and Pike are out in this cage the next morning. This old guy shows up, and he seems to know what's going on, but is also limited in terms of his memories. And he tells Pike uh, and company that, you know, know, live in the moment and takes him to a work camp. And it's funny because he can remember to say that, but he has no memory of who he was or what happened. This is where I want to pause for a second and say, I absolutely not only love this actor whose name I don't know, I tried looking it up. That's not true. I looked it up. I had it, and then I lost the paper that I wrote it on. Yes, folks, I still write on paper. Um, But I love him, and I thought his performance in this episode was my favorite part. I mean, he was incredible. He was so good, and his performance just keeps getting better and better and better. He played a great role in this. And he reveals that at night people in the palace keep their memories, but anyone outside doesn't. So now we're starting to see, okay, now we know what's going on here. The palace is some kind of shield. Yeah, so there's some have and have nots. In this society. And so, you know, there's a caste system that's already in yeah. place. It seems like you can't escape caste systems no matter where yeah. you go. What is keeping the palace people from losing their memories? I'm thinking it's the palace themselves. There must be some kind of shielding or some kind of something that it was made of uh, to, to protect it, them. That's got to be the way it is. Is it some kind of tech? And then I started going down like yeah. a, a little a, an avenue. I was like, well, you know, maybe is this uh, some kind of Landrew situation? Explain. You know, um, well, you know, Landrew in the original series was, you know, they had the bewitching hour and, you know, people would lose control of themselves and wouldn't remember anything. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, is this some kind of version of Landrew? Maybe yeah. maybe those who work for Landrew in the palace keep their memories and everybody else doesn't as a, as a method of control. Could be it. My theory. It could be. Okay. We'll, we'll take that one and write it down on paper. <laughs> yes. Her wound is deep. She won't last much longer without treatment. Leave her cipher. Allow her last moments to be serene, not anxious and fearful. I'm not ready to have my last moments yet. Thank you. Eventually, Pike and the rest, they escape and they head right to the castle, which I think is good because he wants to... Um, you know, stop, get back to Zach. And he still remembers Zach, or I don't think he does, does he? He's lost his memory at this point. He doesn't remember who he is or what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, he's kind of just on uh, autopilot, and he's stumbling through. And and Benga has no right, idea. Right, In fact, none of them And the, really and the guy, the yeah. old guy yeah, you're right, revealed but the, the, that they keep, yeah. they keep some basic memories written down. Yeah. It was like a, a totem pole that tells the story. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and I'm thinking, oh, the totem, is that like in, I'm starting to think Christopher Nolan, like, is this, is this um, memento or is this inception? Like, there's a lot of those going on here. Uh, but the old man himself reveals that he doesn't want to remember, you know, he likes not having the memories. It keeps him happy. It keeps him centered. He lives in the moment. And you're starting to see, okay, I can see this guy confronting memories later on. This is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And he's afraid of what, you know, what he could discover. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole thing of going through life, not knowing the truth of things. Right. And that's something that we, we confront in our society now. You have to, 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 you have whole segments of the population that choose to live obliviously to the 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 truth of things ignorance is bliss and they're and they're happy with that yeah they are yeah yeah while causing damage yeah Yeah, exactly while causing damage to the you know to to the society abroad because you can't have everybody not knowing how things operate and how things really really are um there there is a good scene where they where we see that totem actually um, yeah, and, and that was before they char- they charged the castle. Yeah, so so we go back to that old man's house, and and he shows the totem, and there's something about it that just doesn't resonate with Pike. It's like I don't know, man. I I feel like this is just something that was invented. You don't even know what it means. And he's starting to realize, like the doctor's starting to say, you know, because Laon's injured, and the doctor's like, I know I can help her. I think that's what I'm supposed to do, and. Um, uh, La'an is like, I think I'm a warrior somehow. They all are starting to, even though they don't have their memories, they're like, this is what I do. Like when they escaped, you know, they, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to fight. They knew how to do all this. Um, I, I, I like that they kept their core abilities. I thought that was cool. Bar the doors, it's just you and me. You aren't supposed to be here. Well, I am. So, you know, Pike gets into the the castle and he confronts Zack to find out how he's keeping his memories. And the two get into, you know, get into a fight. Pretty good. Pretty good fight. Yeah. yeah. I would think Zack would have been, you know, lazy and fat, you know, after sitting around and being served by all of his people. But he, he had some good, you know, punches and right crosses and so forth. But he eventually yields. He gets the crap beat out of him, but he puts up a good fight. Yep, yep. And so they're, they're, you know, the old man had mentioned something about there being a casket or something that shields everyone. So I'm, you know, it led me to think that there's like some cavern or some kind of case that everyone goes into. Um, Yeah. I love that it shames everybody. I think the the misconceptions that are fed into this guy with the totem and the casket that shames you, that's a, uh, you know, that's a perfect example of how people who accept, you know, scraps, can be controlled, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, we're living and breathing yeah. it every single day, you know? I know. And I think Star Trek always holds a mirror. I just watched something this week on YouTube about um, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, I was on Star Trek Enterprise, just to remind everybody. Uh, season 3, episode 21, I think it was. Um, and Enterprise really came right after 9-11 and how... You know, the curse of Enterprise was that they wanted to kind of make it like us going to the Middle East and fighting a war in Iraq. So, you know, Jonathan Archer takes his Enterprise and goes off to find the people who attacked us. And it just kind of lost sight of what Enterprise, what, you know, Star Trek really is. Um, And we're seeing that here in a way, too, um, in that, you know, 
how people can be manipulated. And it's definitely mirroring what's happening today. I think it always does that. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. They're doing a great job because if, you know, you, you pay, if you're really paying attention, you can actually see what's the message or you can see the parallels. And sure. yeah, it's, sure. it's happening right now. When you can get people to vote against their own interests, it, 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 yeah. it pretty much spells it out for you. So yeah, it yeah. Does. So Pike opens this trunk and their tricorders, medical equipment, all the things that they need. And um, you know, it's basically the palace is made of an ore that protects them from the radiation. So that's that's how right. this has happened. And so this allowed, and that I saw coming a mile. Yeah, away, yeah, yeah. Sure. You you called it. You called it from the very beginning. Yeah, and and it makes sense. Here's what I now look again. I like this episode. I know you weren't fond of it. I liked it because to me it is pure Star Trek. They go down to a planet, you know, something's messing with their heads. This reminds me a lot of the original series. Where I felt it dropped the ball was in Zacharias's character. What happened to him? They really missed an opportunity to tell his story over the last three years and instead just focused on, I don't know who I am and I don't know my memories and it's all about Pike. Imagine if they had gotten a different actor, someone with a little more depth and really delved into that. I think that would have been interesting. I think it could have been cool if there had been some flashbacks, some real quick flashbacks Mm -hmm. to explain Mm -hmm. how he got to where he is. And I think I would have have been on, on board for this. Um... Yeah, yeah little, I agree. You know, and like I said, the medieval times part of it threw me out of it. But I mean, there have been episodes yeah. where people, you know, influence the whole society. There was this whole uh, episode in the original series where Kirk and company went down to a planet and they ended up having an American flag. But some, you know, I guess some mm-hmm. p- captain or something had crashed there many years before and influenced yeah. them. And then they were. You know, I could I could see the guy reciting the Pledge of Allegiance or something like that, and it was all like gibberish <laughs> yeah. because it had been watered down. And then you right. know, Kirk understands it and is, you know and actually spells it out. But you know, I could yeah. see that. You know, yeah. You know, or the episode where you know Nazi Germany is there. You know, because of some influence, right? You know, yeah, and and that's that would have been interesting if they really broke the Prime Directive. We'd see Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> We'd see something where the evolution, and I know it's only been three years, but we would have seen an evolution. All we see is they use weapons and they've got the, the symbol. Yeah, it was. It, You're right. You know, it, yeah. it, there were some holes in that one. So I, I guess those are the things that bother me. So, Well, thanks. Now you're ruining the episode for me, man. Thank you. I, uh, my pleasure. Uh, you, know, sure. and I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And, you know, everything's not going to be a home yeah. run. So I think, you know, for yeah, our yeah, listeners, yeah. you know, um, you know, you know, Steve and I are just honest about how we how yeah. we feel about a particular episode, not as an overall bash of the series in itself. But I think each episode lends itself to criticism. Would you like to plot a course? I know that. I don't know who I am. You are Lieutenant Erica Ortegas, Alpha Shift pilot assigned to the USS Enterprise. I'm a pilot? Affirmative. So up on the ship, Ortegas you know, is doesn't know what she does, but somehow the computer triggers something and the, and the ship's computer helps her, you know, regain some of her latent memories by telling her that she's a pilot and she, she needs to pilot the ship away. Yeah, she's like, who am I? And like, you're, you're Lieutenant Ortegas. You are the ship's pilot. And that makes sense to her. She looks out the window and she's like, yeah, I am the ship's pilot. Yep. And so, you know, 
the ship's computer helps her. She gets some of her, I guess, core memories, latent, latent memories, uh, you know, whatever's automatic. And she's able to, to get the Enterprise clear of the debris field. You know, we, we've seen this muscle memory play out this whole episode. Mbenga doesn't know he's a doctor, but he knows he can treat her. Uh, Pike doesn't know he can kick the shit out of one of the guards, but he goes for it anyway and so forth. So I like the muscle memory aspect of that. I thought that was great. Pilot's personal log, Stardate 1632.2. As soon as we cleared the debris field, our memories came back. Turns out those unknown elements Spock found in the asteroids were causing all the problems. And so, you know, they, you know, like I said, they you know, cleared the debris field and things went back to normal. So basically Enterprise intervenes again in the planet's destiny and pulls the asteroid out. <laughs> it, caused, you know, it caused the planet's problems yeah. to go away. You know, there you go. Thank you, Rigel. <laughs> Thank you, Rigel 7. Well, here's what I'd like to see then. Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see this somehow play into future episodes. If not this season, maybe in other seasons. Maybe this leads to a problem that has Pike, you know, be burned alive or whatever is going on. You know, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to just leave this alone because they've intervened now three times. Yep. Or two times. Yeah. You know. I read the report. Sounds like you had a rough couple of days. Yeah, I did. But I learned something about me and about us. Us? I was wrong. So we end where we started, and Pike, you know, is with Captain Patel, and he admits that he was wrong and tries to make up with her, and she accepts. And again, not a lot of reach here because she, you know, she gets it. She's a captain, and he's really, um, he, he's very humble about it. He's got this necklace, which helped him kind of remember in the first place, and he sees the, the symbolism of it. He gets it, and this is what... Um, Una was trying to tell him in the first place, you know. Uh, um, excuse me. You know, you you keep too many people at arm's length, and you don't need to do that. And uh, who's the benefactor? Well, Patel, and of course she takes him back because she didn't leave because she was done with him. She left because she felt he was done with her. Right. Yeah. So or done with himself. Yeah. So the relationship is, you know, repaired, and we get a chance to continue with the Pike Patel relationship. I think it went well. I I liked this episode um, again because I felt it was more, more pure Star Trek. Um, But more importantly, I missed Pike. He was only in so far two out of the four episodes this season, and I wanted to get him back there. Yeah. True that. True that. And. you know, so I think it'll be really, really interesting to see, you know, what, you know, what episodes come up next. I'm ready to see how they're going to measure up to uh, last season. So far, yeah, I uh, really enjoyed um, yeah. the court episode with Una, and I have really enjoyed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, last week and, was and really, last really, week really was good. insane. Really, really good. Last week. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow was just such a good episode because it surprised us both how much we really liked. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one was a nice surprise. So yeah, there we go, there we go. (laughs) 
Well, okay, this was uh, not our favorite episode. That's all right, but it certainly had some moments, and I think we should at least acknowledge them. Anthony, do you want to go first, or should I? Uh, you go first. I'm going to have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I liked it because it was a pure Star Trek episode, but uh, again, I'll say, and shame on me for not looking up this uh, gentleman's name, but the actor who played the older man who had the totem and brought them back, I loved him more than virtually anyone else in the episode. His story, we got so much of it. And, you know, we forgot to say at the end, you know, when he got his memory back, when he went into the um, to the uh, castle, he remembered what he was so afraid to remember was that he had lost his son and his wife. And the pain of that was so intense. And yet he turned to Pike and thanked him for giving his memories back. And I, I loved that moment. And I just felt... Uh, that actor was just wonderful. We've seen him forever. He's done a million things, but I just love that he did. He did a great job. Uh, well, for me, it wasn't a moment, but it was more tied to the theme. I, I do, I did appreciate the 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 overall theme, which was, who are we without our memories, good or bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need them. They make up who yeah. we are, our, our experiences, our past experiences, and so, um, um, I that part of it, I, I really enjoyed that part you know made me think but i want to thank everyone for listening that concludes this episode of energize a star trek strange new worlds edition podcast hey if you want to check out what's going on at our site please do go to www.energizepodcasts with an s.com and uh, my book which hit number one on amazon the deletion is yes. available Thank you. Please go to stevetruitt.com for more information. The audiobook comes out in July. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>